Welcome to the Top 3 by E3, a monthly podcast about the intersection between engineering, energy, and project finance. We all know that hydrogen is a hot topic right now in the market, and as such, we wanted to give a high-level introduction to hydrogen as the first part of a series on hydrogen that we'll be doing. So today, I'm talking with Al Rettmeyer, E3's Head of Oil, Gas, and Chemicals. Welcome, Al. Thanks, Ginger. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to have you here. So what are you going to be talking about today, Al? Well, I think we're going to start out, this is our first session on hydrogen, and we're going to kind of cover some of the fundamentals about hydrogen. Um, so I'll just dive right into that if you're ready. That'd be excellent. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Great. Well, you know, I think a lot of folks in uh, in our sphere, like the financial community, the power generation community, and so forth, they've heard of hydrogen, but they may not know much about it. So I'm going to talk about some of the unique aspects of hydrogen. Uh, one of the things that's unique about hydrogen, it, as an atom, it is the smallest, simplest atom that's in the universe. It's basically one proton and one electron. So it doesn't really get much simpler than that. Um, here on Earth, we see hydrogen in the form of H2, which is a molecule of hydrogen. It is the most abundant element in the universe. Actually, if you were to weigh out the universe, you'd find that 74% of the universe is hydrogen. So there's a lot of it out there. It's formed in the Big Bang. Hydrogen atom is a very fundamental building block of everything around us. Um, and it has this sort of space connection. In fact, when hydrogen is released on Earth, it will actually find its way into outer space. And it's the only molecule on Earth that does that. It, um, it's because it's so light. It will actually go straight up into the atmosphere and find its way into outer space. Um, so that's one reason why we don't have really an appreciable amount of hydrogen in our atmosphere. It's a very small percentage of our atmosphere because it, it takes off and heads to outer space. Probably one of the interesting, another interesting thing about hydrogen is the sun and all the stars are basically uh, hydrogen fusion reactions. So um, it's converting hydrogen into helium. And that's where we get our warmth and heat and light is from that reaction. So without hydrogen, this would be a cold, dark place. We wouldn't be here. Now, here on Earth, hydrogen makes up about like less than a percent, like 0.14% of the Earth's crust is actually hydrogen. Um, but in the ocean, it's about 10% by weight of the ocean. And then in humans and all animal life, it's about 10%. That's about 10% of your weight is, is hydrogen. Let's switch and let's talk a little bit about how do we produce hydrogen for this? You know, one of the one of the really neat things about hydrogen that has people enamored is the fact that you can produce hydrogen from renewable electricity and water, and it's a direct pathway from renewable sunlight to a fuel, <clears throat> and that's why it's so important. It's the only it's the only way that we know to do that. And further, that pathway does not have a carbon element in it. So there's no, no CO2 generated in that pathway. So you can imagine, you can take a solar panel, you can take the electricity off of that, you can do electrolysis with water, 
And in electrolysis, you're basically applying a current to a cathode and an anode, and then you're generating hydrogen by the disassociation of water into hydrogen and oxygen. And the hydrogen is generated at the cathode, and so you take it off there, and it is um, capturable. Uh, depending on the type of electrolysis, it comes off. It can come off at a pretty high pressure, and so it can immediately be uh, compressed up further or used at that pressure. And um, and it's a pretty straightforward, simple process. So, Al, what you're what you're describing here, though, is is green hydrogen, right? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. This this is the this is the way you make green hydrogen. Hundred percent renewable energy and electrolysis and you get green hydrogen and that has the highest value. So there's different grades of hydrogen. Um, green is certainly the highest value. There's a blue hydrogen and the way that blue hydrogen is formed, it's formed from fossil fuels. And um, it's actually um, like if you had methane and then you did a partial oxidation of that and produce synthesis gas, then the synthesis gas is hydrogen and carbon monoxide. And you can go through a shift reaction and shift it all to hydrogen. So you can produce 100% hydrogen stream. And then you can also capture the carbon that came in with the methane. You can capture that in that process and take that off for sequestration um, underground. And, and it's also used for enhanced oil recovery. And, as well as permanent sequestration. Now that hydrogen grade is blue. That's what we commonly refer to as blue hydrogen. If you're doing the CO2 capture and you're sequestering it, even though you're using a fossil fuel to generate it, you know, you're, you're cleaning up the carbon dioxide, putting it down in the, in the earth for permanent sequestration, permanent storage down there, that's blue. Okay. I feel like we, you know, you attended Projects and Money, as did I, earlier this year. And I feel like we heard quite a bit about um, the blue hydrogen during the conference. Yes. Was that defense as well uh, with the carbon capture being a hot topic? Right. Yes, it is. And carbon capture is in itself is a hot topic. In fact, there may be a future podcast just on carbon capture that we'll do. Um, the, the final type of hydrogen, there's a lot of hydrogen that's produced today, but it's, it's what's termed as gray hydrogen. So it is from fossil fuels and it does not have that carbon sequestration component. So in, in areas like the Gulf coast of the United States, there are hydrogen pipelines, hydrogen storage facilities. Um, there's a hydrogen cavern that we were, uh, somewhat involved with on one of the projects we did for storage. There's a big hydrogen network in the Gulf Coast because of all the industrial uses for hydrogen. It's, it's actually a very valuable gas for a number of things. Actually, our fuels like ultra-low sulfur diesel is produced by reacting hydrogen with diesel that is not ultra-low sulfur. It, it actually serves to remove sulfur. So, so that network is is there, but it's mostly, I would say it's probably 99.9% gray hydrogen at this point. But the infrastructure is there and, and it can start to change. It could be a pathway for, for companies to produce and sell green hydrogen or blue hydrogen. Now, one of the things about hydrogen 
uh, we touched on storage a little bit and transportation. It can be transported in a pipeline as a gas. Um, it can also be liquefied and, and stored in uh, cryogenic tanks. And um, that's similar to liquefied natural gas. But one of the things about it is it's very, it's light, actually. So when you liquefy hydrogen, the weight of that is only about 7% of the same uh, volume of water. So it's, it's really light. And so, you know, you think about energy density, you know, how do I store this energy, you know? Um, and it, it takes a, quite a bit of volume for a given unit of energy. Um, so you can store it as a liquid. That's minus 423 Fahrenheit. That's the coldest liquid in the universe. Um, but uh, you have that density issue. You can also store it as a gas. And some of the storage tanks that are out there are, you know, 2,000, 3,000 pounds per square inch uh, at room temperature. And the density of the hydrogen is about 7% of what the density of compressed air would be at the same pressure and temperature. So it's interesting in, in looking up some of these numbers for this podcast, you know, you have the density is of the liquid 7% of, of water and the density of the gas is about 7% of air, kind of coincidental. Um, but you can store it as a gas, you can transport it in a pipeline. The other thing you can do is you can store it as bound up in a chemical form. And probably the most common chemical form is ammonia. So, you know, ammonia fertilizer, for instance, um, is uh, produced in great quantities, actually, for fertilizing our crops. And it, sometimes it's upgraded to urea or other forms of uh, fertilizer. But ammonia historically was actually a, a way that uh, uh, people used to store hydrogen um, and transport it. So it is available to us today. We can, the energy density in hydrogen of hydrogen and ammonia is actually pretty good. And so we'll probably explore that a little further on another podcast, how that method, how that um, ammonia cycle looks for storing hydrogen. And then one thing I wanted to mention, uh, we get a lot of questions about hydrogen. Um, and one of the questions is, is it dangerous? Well, it is. I mean, it's it's no more dangerous than natural gas, to be honest. But there's a couple things about hydrogen. One is it it's such a small molecule; it will leak through right through the walls of a of a pipe. Um, so you have to be very careful when you select your metallurgy for hydrogen to make sure that the leakage rate, if there is a leakage rate, is acceptable, and it won't build up into an explosive atmosphere. And also that you're not losing some of your valuable product. So it does have that aspect. It's also very easy to, you know, there's a kind of a, an ignition energy that's required. And hydrogen is, is the lowest ignition energy of any fuel. So it takes just a little bit of a spark to set it off. So we have to be careful about those things as we go forward. But as I mentioned, there's a good infrastructure. There's lots of history with hydrogen. It's used in a number of processes. So we just have to pay attention. Right. So it sounds like Al, with, you know, proper handling and proper considerations in the engineering design, then you could certainly mitigate that risk down to, you know, a, a low risk. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So engineering uh, will produce an acceptable risk right. for hydrogen. 
mm-hmm. the right right metallurgy and so forth. So we call it top three because we we like to provide three takeaways from each session. So um, in this session, what I hope you'll take away is is the pathway to make hydrogen. Number one, you can actually produce it from 100% renewable energy with nothing more than water and an electrolysis system. So wind or solar power, electrolysis, make hydrogen a fuel that can be used in a number of different ways. So that's probably the the biggest thing about hydrogen. That's why it's on everybody's the tip of everybody's tongue right now. And we we're quite busy actually with hydrogen at E3. So we've got a couple of uh, projects we're working on and hoping to uh, help people get these projects through financing and and put into commercial operation. Now, the other thing is there's three grades of hydrogen. So this is our second big takeaway. So when you hear people talk about green, well, that is that is that first pathway. It's it's renewable energy, electrolysis, hydrogen, and that is the highest value. Personally, I think blue hydrogen can be very interesting and, and it could be a maybe a uh, significant portion of the hydrogen that ends up in our system. And that is fossil fuels, partially combusted, capture the CO2, sequester the CO2, and then take the hydrogen from that system. That's the blue pathway. And then gray is what we have today for the most part. And that is simply making hydrogen from fossil fuels. So that's our second takeaway. The third takeaway really comes down to the storage. And it's because it's so such a light molecule, the liquid is very cold. You got to get it super cold. So that takes specialized liquefaction equipment. You've got to store it at that temperature. That takes cryogenic storage. And um, even then, the energy density is less than a lot of other forms of energy. You can compress the gas. So you can do the liquid. You can compress the gas and you can put that into a, you know, basically like a steel tank that, with thick walls that's designed for 3,000 pounds or, or somewhere in that range. And that's done routinely. You can also store that compressed gas in a salt cavern. And that's a great way to store hydrogen. The only problem is there are only so many salt caverns in the, in the U.S. and in the world. They're kind of unique geological formations. And there are quite a few on the Gulf Coast of the United States. Um, the third way to uh, store hydrogen is as a chemical, bound up in a chemical. And we talked about ammonia there's also hydrides. So you can make a metal hydride with hydrogen and and you can store it that way and repeat that cycle. You can store it and then release it and then, and then recharge basically in some cases. So those are kind of the three takeaways, the hundred percent renewable energy, the three grades of hydrogen, and then the storage aspects of it. Oh, thanks so much. Such a great topic and so timely. I'm looking forward to the next session in this hydrogen series. And thanks to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. If you have any questions for Al regarding hydrogen or any oil, gas, and chemicals questions, we would love to hear from you. Please send a note to e3co at e3co.com.